Okay, good morning everyone. Hope you guys are having a good Thursday so far, depending on what time of the day you're listening or watching this. But let's jump right into it now, kind of as a little bit of a joke. Uh, I'll be the weatherman for you guys today. Anyone on the East Coast, you got a hell of a snowstorm. <laughs> so that's just me trying to be the weatherman. I think that's one of the few things where, few jobs where you could be wrong every single day and still keep your job. So might as well do it for you guys, right? Um, one thing I want to talk about next actually has to do with AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She made a statement, I believe it was in an interview, I'm not sure if it was a radio show or a podcast, not sure, but she said yesterday or the day prior, I can't recall exactly which day, saying that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi have to go. I couldn't agree more, and it's not because in some cases or some views I tend to lean a little bit more conservative than to the, to the left. I think that if someone on the left or the right whether center left or far center, whatever, has an idea that seems to work or we should give it, give it a shot, I'm all for it. But the only thing that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi really do bring to the table is not even their legislative powers. I mean, as long as you have a law degree, I'm not trying to say that anyone can legislate. Obviously, some people can legislate better than others. But the key thing that mainly Pelosi has brought, essentially, is just money. Like before she even ran for any type of public office years ago, she raised hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars before that. She comes from a wealthy family. She comes from a large family. Don't forget, guys, her nephew, I believe it is, is Gavin Newsom, the governor of California. I'm not trying to imply any negativity or corruption. I'm just trying to make you guys see and understand that it's all in the circle. As I'm sure you guys know, they all keep it within the circle. It's the same thing. And look, Chuck Schumer is sometimes ignored because Nancy Pelosi tends to be the face of the Democratic Party, or at least the establishment of the Democrats in a lot of ways. Um, I know that people like AOC, even though I fundamentally disagree with her on a lot of things, I do have to give her credit when she says things like, when she says things I agree with. But at the same time, she says a lot of things I disagree with and a lot of things I like too. So at the end of the day, it it's contextual. It depends on what's going on in the world. No, it's never really one size fits all, to tell you guys the truth. But anyways, the next thing I want to talk about has to do with, and I promise you I'll get to some more exciting stuff having to do with Putin and Russia soon, but one of the things I want to mention here has to do with Biden's pick for or not his nominations in general. A lot of them were people who were in the Obama administration, which, look, I guess, I guess is fine, but this whole thing of Biden trying to deliver this message during the campaign of a fresh new start, I'm not saying every single person has to be a fresh person new uh, politician or official in his administration, but he's appointing a lot of the same people Obama had in there. And people are pointing that out. And he says he's listening, but I mean, look, he, he's got to return the favor in a lot of ways to a lot of people. And a perfect example of that would be Pete Buttigieg or Mayor Pete. Now, here's the thing. I don't know Pete Buttigieg's background with respect to transportation because Biden nominated him to be the transportation secretary. But at the same time, I do want to mention that when we take a step back, and regardless of what side you're on, what we're going to see is that Mayor uh, Pete Buttigieg was formerly a mayor of a town of 100,000 people, okay? He oversaw a town of 100,000 people. That was his, like, jurisdictional reach, if you will. Now, he's being put in charge of, as the secretary, the head secretary of transportation, where the Department of Transportation has at least 50,000 people working under him. And obviously, he doesn't speak to each one directly. It's kind of like a, obviously, like a very organized pyramid kind of structure. He gives the orders and it gets brought down. But the whole point is, he's never really managed 
not even like a state, like an, no mass numbers of populations before. And that's the main concern here. But Biden had to return the favor because when Biden was running for the Democratic nominee, and this is important for you guys to know, Pete Buttigieg stepped down on purpose and encouraged all of his supporters and voters to go endorse Biden. Okay. And so that's a big thing there. So in a certain way, one could argue that by it's good politics, Biden's returning the favor. But at the same time, we can argue it the other way around, because if he's returning the favor for small things like that, for things where other nominees stepped down and handed his, their supporters to him, then what's he doing for the people that donated millions to him? That's all I'm saying. I'm not I, I'm not trying to take a side. That's all I'm saying. You got to think about. Right. The next thing is that. And this is another thing I want to make uh, very important, and it's not to deter you or encourage you from getting the vaccine. It's not to push you away. It's not to push you forward or try to get you to take it. I'm just trying to report it as neutrally as I can. Now, a few people in Alaska with uh, allegedly no pre-existing conditions, and I'm surprised CNN actually reported this, experienced extreme symptoms minutes after taking the first dose of the vaccine because there's two doses right shortness of breath dizziness coughing things like that and then it went away after a handful of hours but to be short on breath for a handful of hours it's almost like there probably comes a point where mentally let's be real with ourselves here as we're real as we could be we're probably saying man we might as well just die at that point if you're going hours on end where you're short of breath Look, whether or not it's up to you, you guys have to make your own personal decisions with respects to how, like, if it's worth taking it or not, or if you think it's just full of crap. Because with that being said, there was also a story that's being covered more around uh, local news stations rather than uh, ones that are more, I guess we could say, mainstream and international or, or, or what have you. But essentially, there's footage in Texas and many other states as well, even in some cases in Canada, by the way, where people nurses are receiving the vaccine on air but there's nothing inside the needle now you might say dave okay you're crazy look the picture's there i got the link up i uh, the picture up right next to me over here they're not received in some cases that was that was the situation there was one instance i believe it was in texas where they gave a nurse a va the vaccine live on tv but there was nothing in the syringe nothing in the needle and they didn't even press on the needle they just put it in her arm and then that was it then everyone, the, the, the doctor pulled it out. Then everyone started clapping. Now, I'm not saying that's what's happening for everyone taking it live on TV. But what I'm saying is that after that happened, people inquired to the news station that was filming this. And the news station got so many requests. So they asked the nurses who administered the vaccine and government officials, what the hell happened there? And they said, yeah, well, it was a mistake. There was actually nothing in there. But don't worry, we can assure you, our commission can assure you that we did revaccinate her afterwards and it's totally fine. And they did say as well that if you're given um, an abnormally small dose of the vaccine by accident, you could take it again and they say you'll be okay. But look, the problem is there's so much distortion, especially when you're trying to look at both sides, that it's hard to see what's really going on. And that's the main problem here. Because if, if that wasn't the issue, I think it would be a lot simpler for people to make a decision on whether or not they're going to take it. Now, at the same time, about 20 minutes before I started filming this episode, if I can recall off the top of my head, Business Insider reported that, I believe it was Business Insider, many CEOs of major corporations are considering mandating their employees to take vaccines or else they can't come to work. Not mandating a test, a vaccine. And this is exactly what I was trying to get at before. Whether you're Democrat or whether you're Republican or whether you're independent, it doesn't matter. 
we have to take an objective step back and say, what the hell? We have to say, okay, hold on. So in theory, what they're saying is that, and other governments are, in other countries too are saying this, no, you don't have to take the vaccine, but you know, you want to get on a plane, you have to have it. You have to have your vaccine card. You want to go to work to earn your living that they're already controlling you out of, unfortunately, in the way the whole system works, you got to take it. It doesn't sit well with me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Not because I don't trust the science. That's a different discussion. But because something doesn't sit well with me when there's a sudden insurgence of, no, you got to take it in this industry, this industry, this industry. It's one thing if it's like trains and subways and planes. Even then, I'm very skeptical. But it's another thing when the place of work where you go to earn your living, guys, is saying, no, you got to take it. I don't know. I think that this will, I think America uh, of all countries will be the place to challenge this in a legal sense, but we'll see what happens. Anyways, uh, oh, quickly wanted to mention the French president caught COVID. So apparently he's got symptoms, President Macron. So yeah. Um, Putin is holding a press conference today. Uh, well, I think it's done, but it did go on for almost four hours, if I'm uh, not mistaken, having to do with the, a, f a few different things, but essentially According to, and I say this very carefully, according to CNN's reporter in Russia, she lives there and she stays there to literally report on everything having to do with Russia, said that she was not given a press pass to get into this, this conference. Putin was doing it via, I think, Zoom or Skype or whatever it was. And Putin's team essentially picked the people, uh, picked the reporters that could ask certain questions and whatnot. Now, the thing that Putin said about the poisoning of Alexei Navalny is interesting because he said that he believes that the, Nav the CNN's probe on the Navalny poisoning is a trick to attack Russia, and he accuses Navalny of working with U.S. intelligence agencies. So, of course, Russian, and uh, that was having to do with the fact that they said, well, sir, if you didn't poison him, how come you have certain Russian FSB agents following him for years? right and tracking his movements and he said well when someone's working with the american intelligence we kind of have to do that so whether you think that's a cop-out answer or if you think that's true look here's the problem and i'm sorry if i'm getting into this a bit too much but just please bear with me guys the problem here is that when you have a scenario where our government has lied to us over and over and over again whether it's the iraq war or many different things the iran contra bs all that kind of stuff there comes a point where we're not traitors to our countries or our nations or wherever we live, but we do in a certain way have to understand that although Putin, of course, master manipulator and deceptor, he was a Russian, he was a former KGB agent. Let's not kid ourselves, right? We're not naive here. But at the same time, we have to consider the slight possibility he might be telling the truth just because, look, guys, this is a truth seeking show. That's the way I like to view it. And I hope that's the way you guys see it. So it's not about betraying your country. It's about looking at all different perspectives. Because look, when we take a step back, what we're going to see is everyone on this planet, regardless of color and all that, not to sound corny, is human. The borders we have are man-made and artificially set. So the whole point here is that when we look at this, we have to say, Putin may be telling the truth. And we also have to say he might not be, but we can also not rule out the fact that Navalny is in contact with the CIA or who maybe the Pentagon to ensure more protection for himself. Or maybe this is some type of plan where the, uh, the, the American government or certain aspects of the American intelligence agencies are utilizing and harnessing opposition opponents to try and overthrow Putin. So 
look, we can never prove any of it, but we have to take a step back and look at both sides of it. I'm not saying to believe Putin, but at the same time, we know how much of a sketchy record the CIA and media giants like CNN have, right? So, and the other thing too was that the CNN reporter, apparently the same woman last night followed uh, one of the FSB agents back to his house and knocked on the door. And and apparently this was allegedly one of the agents that poisoned Navalny. But again, it's unsubstantiated. Unless there's camera footage or something like this, then whatever. The only thing that I would have to agree with, assuming it's true, with CNN on, believe it or not, I never thought I'd say this, is that we must question why, okay, fine, if Russian FSB agents were following Navalny for all these, these years, okay, but why were certain agents within that team specialized in specifically poisoning we, uh, bioweapons and things like that? That's all I would ask, because it, it is a fair point. Let's be truthful with ourselves. Doesn't matter if Fox reported it. Doesn't matter if it was an independent guy. It doesn't matter. Just so happened to come out of CNN's mouth this time around. I'm sure other news stations, too, would raise the question. But the whole idea there is that, yeah, essentially, that is a very good point. And it's something that no reporter asked Putin. So, again, we got to see what happens. The next thing is that, a quick little side note for you guys. Mexican cartels have apparently shifted to selling avocados because there's an increase in demand. Now, that's not to say they stop selling drugs and weapons and all those things, but apparently avocados are in high demand and they're profiting off of it. So, hey, just goes to show you that I'm not trying to glorify cartels. I'm just saying they'll go anywhere where the money is. It could be bedsheets. They'll do it, it seems, right? So, the next thing is that I imagine criminal groups around the world of many different kinds and even just regular, you know, groups of friends that are just charlatans and con men are essentially advertising all over websites all over the world saying that you can order your own vaccine and this and that and people are ordering it and I imagine they just throw some random liquid inside the syringe or the the bottle and yeah, people are in some cases injecting themselves with it. And I don't know, you could probably die, who knows, but it's essentially pure profit. If it, Who knows what they're selling it for? But the idea is that if you throw, I don't know, let's just say, excuse me, let's just say they throw some vinegar into that syringe. That's pure profit. And if they charge even $50 for that per, per vaccine or whatever it is. So actually just kind of a bit of a, a heads up for you guys as well, right? The next thing is that Pakistan just approved a law allowing for chemical castration of sex offenders. Okay. That's a bit of a moral discussion more than anything. If you offended someone, it's kind of, it's the same idea as the same general concept as the death penalty. I guess in certain ways, if someone committed crimes so harsh and, and, and so depraved, then, you know, some people feel the necessity for the death penalty in the United States and around the world in certain countries, as does Pakistan feel the necessity for you rape someone underage or not, you're getting chemically castrated. I can understand the perspective because you remove all their testosterone, therefore you remove the need for them to ever want to rape again. I understand that. So again, it comes down to a moral perspective. Should any one group of humans have that say over another group of human but then at the same time we can argue the group of human the the group of humans that are overseeing that guy blew his chance at living an honest life and ended up raping someone so you know there's a fair point to be raised let's just put it that way the next thing i want to mention before wrapping this up quickly is that a bitcoin spike to a record high of about twenty thousand four hundred forty dollars roughly per share not sure why i haven't really looked into it 
I think there's many more important things going on in the world right now. Edward Snowden's a big proponent of Bitcoin. And speaking of Edward Snowden, it's a perfect transition to something Edward Snowden mentioned yesterday where a Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, released a video. And I'm going to be honest, I don't agree with a lot of o James O'Keefe's methods and things, but one thing that he is trying to do, it seems to me at least, is expose the truth in a certain regard. And so this is an audio tape which you can find all over the internet, and if it's been, if it starts getting taken down, it's only going to add more attention and suspicion to it, which is why I would imagine they're not doing that. Where you can hear Julian Assange calling the State Department multiple times in 2011, saying that they're not going to dump the WikiLeaks emails, but he had a former employee who he fired the year before, who has access to the server of the WikiLeaks emails, and Julian Assange called the State Department more multiple times over and over and over again to say, listen, I don't want U.S., U.K., um, or Canadian spies or any personal information getting out from these leaks. Do you guys want to do anything about it? State Department never picked up the call. He left a bunch of voicemails. The one time they picked up the call, thank God it was recorded. So Edward Snowden tweeted that video out. He was not the source of that video, but he was trying to, he was really a, a big help in pushing it out there. So essentially, what we're seeing here is that the whole thing of the Democrats and the Republicans saying, well, Assange is a traitor because he didn't try to warn us ahead of time, this and that. He did. He did. And of course, the mainstream media does not talk about it does not say a, a, a freaking thing about it again this is why things like this are why we got a question and maybe consider the fact that putin might be right going back to the poisoning story because our own people are lying to us so how do we know who to trust it's gone to the point where we may trust other leaders of other countries more than our own over here that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying the next thing is that uh before finishing it off governors are constantly being caught at special events maskless while telling everyone to wear a mask and stay home for example california governor gavin newsom uh, as recently rhode island governor i forgot her name but she's a woman again it doesn't make sense you can't go for a walk in california but the governor can go fly to a nice private estate and have a dinner with no mask on and no one else is wearing a mask i mean granted he did come out and say it was a mistake but it doesn't matter because he still went to the event anyways so I understand the issue here. Our leaders are terrible leaders. <laughs> so that, that's pretty much it. Now, the last thing is that uh, Iran is uh, apparently very happy Trump's leaving office. And the reason why is because he's unpredictable the same way that China saw that too. Now, listen, whether or not you believe he's a strategic genius, which could be argued, or you believe he's just a total dummy, doesn't matter. One thing we have to look at when we take a step back is regardless of whether you think he did good or bad or a bit of both, Trump disrupted the system. Whether it was in a good way or in a terrible way, that's up for you guys to interpret. But he did disrupt the system. He caused a ripple in it. So I could see why Iran and China wanted him out because they hired, this is a known fact, they confirmed it later, they hired in 2016 think tanks to try to understand him and they couldn't just because he's so unpredictable. And in a lot of ways, that may in fact, I'm not going to rule out the fact that as stupid as this might sound, that might be the strategy in and of itself. So who knows? Anyways, guys, thank you for um, watching this morning. We will see you this afternoon for the regular traditional episode. And if not, we will see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you.